0: Only
1: redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. We're not sporty <gasps> at my house. What fresh hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood. My spouse can really pack a car with Margaret Apples and Amy Wilson. We always have chaos. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. The mom does it, and then when the dad does it, it's remarkable. everybody, welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret.
0: And today we're giving a Father's Day shout out to the (laughs) special fellas in our lives.
1: Yes, spouses, parents, in some
0: cases, Dads, in some cases, moms, in some cases, other sorts of partners even. Lots of spouses out there. We have a lot of dad-centric stuff because that's what we kind of called out in specificness to Father's Day. But this is a shout out to all the loved ones in our lives. We're not going to bag on you for leaving the omelet pan around. Not this week. We're not going to goof on you for giving us bad gifts or putting our child to bed in full (laughs) troll face paint as we have done in the past. Those days are over, Amy. Today, we we are singing a chorus of praise. We caught you being
1: good. We caught you being awesome is something. This idea came from, I think, your daughter's teacher that gives
0: out awards for catching you being good. Correct. You get a little note sometimes that says, I caught you being good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess the idea is to Not only look for the bad, but celebrate the good, Amy. The reticular
1: activating system pays attention to what you tell it to pay attention to. That's
0: what I was going to say.
1: No, it's the whole, like, if you are thinking about buying a red car, you see red cars everywhere you go, your brain pays attention to what you tell it to pay attention to. So if you look for the awesome things that your spouse or partner does, you might be more likely to really feel that your spouse and partner is awesome and get the
0: warm and fuzzies that really are just better for everybody. Yes! Let's keep it fuzzy. Let's keep it warm. Yeah. But let's first start with mailbag. Amy, I was all over that. I was definitely going to say mailbag. Yeah, I want to say mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to say, I want to remember the mailbag. I'm the good mailbag, remember. Read us our mailbag, Amy. Oh yes, wait a minute, time for mailbag. Wait, wait,
2: wait yeah, 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 Check the
0: mailbag. Amy this is my- week is from Andrea
1: in our Facebook group. She says, this podcast has been such a comfort place of reassurance and source of laughter for almost two years. Thank you, Andrea. And in just finishing my morning listen of your conversation with Matthew Frey, it speaks to me on so many levels. I think his book will be the fifth or sixth book I'm going to buy inspired from your fresh take talks. Thanks, Amy and Margaret, for your stellar content, the realness you bring, and for helping me feel less alone and more seen in the ups and
0: downs of parenting and relationships. Love it. That's so nice of you. I was going to shout out Matthew Frey because so much of the stuff that he talked about. Listen to that episode. And I did see people in the Facebook group saying, how can I get my husband to listen to this episode? I think you should start by just asking. Yes. And also, I recently, I'll put it in the show notes. I recently listened to an episode of Reply All about uh, backyard chickens. I sent it to you, Amy. You haven't listened to it yet. Margaret does give me podcast listening assignments, but you're right. Could you send like the chicken one and the Matthew Frey one? Send? But what I'm saying is like, you send it to them, and Amy, my beloved, has not listened to the chicken episode I sent to her, even though I told her it was hilarious. She told me it was important to her. It doesn't mean they're necessarily going to do it, and it doesn't mean that they hate you. And then the other thing I might suggest is wait. My husband and we live in the suburbs of New York. Every once in a while, we drive into the city, or we he and I for some reason take a drive together. Save it for the drive and be like, "Oh, I was listening to this podcast. I really like to listen to it together." You know, don't worry about giving it as an assignment, and then like I am so brutally disappointed in Amy who has not listened to my chicken episode. (laughs) Don't be disappointed and think that they hate you. They just didn't get around to it yet. So maybe wait till you're both in the car. I like it. You know, I rolled it out in the car with one of my teenagers. What is this? And I said,
1: Margaret says it's really funny. We should listen to it. And after a couple of minutes, he's like, I don't even understand. He gave it approximately seven seconds before deciding it was not what he wanted to be listening to. So I'll try again. That
0: burns. That Mm -hmm. stings. I know which one of your kids it was and tell him I've said no, thank you. (laughs) And it tracks. It tracks. All right. So what we did is we went to our Facebook group, Facebook.com, forward slash groups, forward slash what fresh hellcast, and we asked you when you caught your spouse being good. Being awesome. Oh, being awesome.
1: Well, because being good sounds like you're patting them on the head or that you decide if their behavior is thumbs up or thumbs down. I don't know. Being awesome sounds more like you're a wonderful person. Yeah, you knocked it out of the park this time. You didn't screw up today, you stupid jerk like you
0: usually do. Yeah. Got it. You're awesome, spouse. So let's start with Melanie. She says, and I find this to be true in my own marriage, that her spouse allows her two-year-old to experience things that she just doesn't have the patience to. He gets down on the floor with her every morning, helps her prepare her bowl of oatmeal, scooping the oats, pouring the water. He takes her with him to help doing jobs and repairs. I'm honestly just not as good at this. I know she learns so much from these experiences, but I can't stand having a toddler underfoot her foot while I'm trying to get something done, especially in the kitchen. This is one of the reasons he's such a great parent. I like this one. It's very uh, Micheline Ducleft. Hunt podcast. Gass- other parent that your kid just comes along with you. And sometimes I do think, and I try to shout it out when I hear it, that we do occasionally offer advice that is like, I'd rather cut off one of my toes than do that. You know, like teach my kid to make oatmeal while we're trying to get out the door in the morning. Like, it's okay to find those things fundamentally incompatible. Blair, on our sister podcast, Toddler Purgatory, talks about how she hates imaginative play, which is interesting because she's an actress. And I would think like, but maybe it's like Busman's Holiday. Like she's already doing it. <laughs> she's getting paid for that. Right? <laughs> right. But I agree. I do not like imaginary play. And so I outsource that to other people. So sometimes babysitters, sometimes, you know, during COVID, we had some college kids who would come play in the backyard with the kids. Let's do imaginative play because that's what I hate doing. I like to have things I can outsource. And I think this is a very good spousal share that like, okay, let's share the load on some of this stuff that we know we're supposed to be doing. But that's kind of hard and annoying. The reason that the college kid
1: in the backyard is so good at that imaginative play and doing exactly what your kid wants to do. And let's pretend we're monsters or whatever is because they're doing it for like an hour and a half and then they get to go back to the dorm.
0: And they've got nowhere else to be. They're not like no monsters. We got to get shoes on. It's first communion in half an hour.
1: Yeah, they're not also trying to make dinner. Right. But they also it's not all the time. It's a you know specific amount of time. So this seems to me, I mean, I don't know, maybe Melanie's spouse is the primary caregiver, but it is maybe a little bit easier for the non primary caregiver to have all the time in the world to have the kid try to tie her own shoes. And that is good for the kid. You're right. So it, Melanie, if you're the one rushing all the time, that's not a fault of your character. It's a requirement of your situation, right? But it is a nice thing when the spouse who can take more time because maybe they aren't always in the trenches takes more time.
0: Amy has a good one. After I quit my job to stay home with the kids, my spouse never questioned what I do all day as he arrived home to mess, chaos and no dinner. He sees our roles as equals. Even if all I do all day is keep everyone alive, it has taken me years to accept myself the way he has accepted me all along. And to be honest, if the roles were reversed, I'm not sure I would have been so generous. It's a nice perspective.
1: It's an amazing perspective. And we've come a long way. I'm doing some research about like some mother humor from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I'm reading sort of books along the way. And there's a book called uh, I Hate to Cook Book by Peg Bracken. And she has a I Hate to Housekeep book. I bet your mom had it. My mom definitely did. Sounds familiar. She gives advice in this book. They're very funny. They're totally They're very mad men, like stir your martini with one hand and the macaroni and cheese with the other, you know, double task, like that kind of thing. Really funny. Sure. But she gives advice that if you're going to be busy during the day, that you should set the table for dinner as soon as your husband leaves the house. Because of course, the husband's leaving the house to go to work and you're staying home. You need to set the table in the morning and like work backwards, you know, make sure you look good and make sure the table is set for dinner so that he won't know that you actually weren't home most of the day get the thing that's done last first. So you can be like duplicitous about it because he mustn't know that you didn't actually do what you needed to do. Right. She's accepting that at face value.
0: Yeah. So we're living in a different time. I mean, I find this very much with my husband. I often say to him because there are definitely times in the day I'm working, I'm busy, I'm running around, I'm doing stuff and he'll come home. The breakfast dishes have not been touched. Like there is breakfast on the table. And occasionally I am watching Real Housewives, but it's often like The 4.30 time of day where I've been with the kids doing everything all day or working all day myself, and that's my downtime. And yes, I have big respect for people who are able to say, I get it. My husband is that way, too. He he would never, never say. I mean, he might know that I would murder him, but he would never, ever say what have you done all day? Probably because he was famously, I know we're not supposed to bag on our husbands on this episode, but very quickly. No, 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 you caught him being awesome. I know, but once I caught him <laughs> not being awesome, he was <laughs> I had a famously short labor. I went into labor with my first child, started crowning in the car and gave birth like twenty minutes after going into the, you know, hospital room. And I heard him later on the phone saying to someone, "Oh my God, it was so quick and easy. We couldn't believe it." And I was like, Whoa, what phrase did we just use about my birth, my unmedicated childbirth? Was it quick and easy? So yes, I mean, he probably knows that if he said, what did you do all day, he would never live it down. But he doesn't say it. And that's what matters. Let's focus on the positive.
1: This has now occurred to me a way that I have caught my spouse being awesome is it drives me nuts. The whole sort of category of humor that is here's my wife in labor, like, bring me like this. What you did this to me? Like, I hate that sort of comedy. Or, you know, like she pooped in the delivery table, like all that stuff. I think it is so cruel and unfunny. And my spouse has always treated our like labor and childbirth for which he was present, even though maybe he didn't really want to be, but he was there. He held my hand the whole time. And he always treated me with like the greatest of respect and those times with the utmost Seriousness and not that I was like annoying or whiny ever and I really appreciate that because
0: yeah, that's a good one And like lean in guys, you got to do that lean in right mickey just says that her husband is the mvp for their family He does all the cooking and cleans and I love this. Sometimes she feels like cardi b. Do you know that reference? I don't cook. I don't clean It's from a song I will not mention on the podcast, but if you know, you know. The real one's out there now. It's a newbie locks alert. It's a newbie locks alert. Very nicely coined. (laughs) When our second was a baby, he did every single night, wake up. We are military, so he wasn't there for our oldest son's first year. Also, he will drive 45 minutes just to bring me the coffee at work that I forgot. I love him. Mickey's husband. Stop making literally all of us, wives and husbands, look so bad. (laughs) But I do think this is an interesting line. We are military, so he wasn't there for our oldest son's first year. I also have to give a shout out to Mickey. Of course, you're right. Who is not saying like, I was alone and did nothing. She is looking for the good in her husband because she is saying he's the MVP. He was completely absent for a year. Obviously, not through his own choice. Obviously, serving our country. Thanks very much. Supporting the family. Right, right. But you got to see the good. I see a lot in this story, in these couple of lines here. I see a lot going on.
1: You're right. And Mickey's spouse understands it, too. Like I was gone for a year and my wife is the MVP and I'm going to drive 45 minutes to bring her coffee.
0: Yeah. And I think there's just so much in how we tell our stories that informs all of this. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But for right now, let's talk about Meredith's husband who does all the dishes. When the shutdown first started, he took over the dishes on his own, all the dishes, all the time. No asking, no more minding. Two years later, still going strong. My husband also does all the dishes. All the dishes. All the dishes, basically. It's a group project in our house, but my
1: husband does plenty. I mean, my husband makes more dirty dishes and then he does more dishes than I do. That's true.
0: Uh, My husband doesn't do all the dishes because sometimes it's just too many and I pick them up. But basically our deal is I cook you clean and that's, we're sticking to it. Pretty peaceable, huh? Yeah, I like it. I do, as you know, I have a very low grossness threshold. There are just, when something gross happens, my husband knows it's time to step up. Cat vomits, it's not, I have to run away or burn the house down. Those are my only two options. I have
1: no problem with like spiders or cockroaches. I mean, I don't like it, but I'll do any like living thing like mouse or bat, creepy crawlies. (laughs) Anything that can skitter is too much for me. Anything that I can skitter. It's 1950 around here and I'm wearing my aprons and high heels standing on the the table. Ooh,
0: get it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not terrible with bugs. I don't love a roach, but yes, anything that skitters has to go. Anything with like fur or yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Agree. Megan says her husband plans road trips for the family. They pick a destination, he spends weeks planning a route for the best experience. We're in North Carolina, we've been to Mount Rushmore, Grand Canyon, Maine, Niagara Falls and smaller trips. This year, he's planning for Texas and Chicago, two of my favorite locations.
1: Those are big road trips. I mean, Megan doesn't specify, but it sounds like they're driving the whole way from North Carolina to Maine and Mount Rushmore. Those are some long trips. Yeah. We drove to
0: Florida from New York during the pandemic, and my kids remember it as one of their least favorite family memories. We're not the best at road trips in our family. (laughs) It's not the best. Let's take a break. And I have an insight, I think, into these awesome husbands. I really didn't think about this when we were putting it together, Amy, but I do think that what I'm getting out of this, and I'm getting some like warm, tingly, good feelings as I talk about this, I do think it is important to catch our spouses being good. Because you might say, I have no idea what else Megan's husband does than plan these really fun road trips that her and her kids will always remember. Is he good at the dishes? I don't know. Right. Does he leave smelly socks right next to the hamper? He might. And so, yes, I agree with Matthew Frey's point that basically, like, we shouldn't just lower the bar and be like, we have to let go of our expectations because husbands are dummies. But I do think there's an upside to catching our husbands being good and looking for the things they're doing right. Right. Which can be their strengths. Like maybe
1: Megan didn't know she wanted to go on road trips. Wouldn't even be her thing. But they are great because their spouse is so good at this and makes them awesome. And so that is his strength. And so recognizing their strengths where they lay. Yeah. Packing a car, you know, like my spouse can really pack a car. We took our oldest kid to college. I mean, you know, you might think you couldn't fit everything in that car that you needed. Ha. He laughs at milk crates and (laughs) Ikea bags.
0: Yes. My husband loves to pack a trunk. Oh, I'm terrible at it. I kind of do also, but my husband is like, I got this, like the cracking the knuckles thing. Well, my husband's an engineer, so he like sets spatial relations stuff. He just looks at it and he's like, we can do it. We can make this happen. Bridget says her husband is her better half for keeping things clean and tidy, makes her a better person because truly, I like things out where I can see them. He's better at finding a place for things so we don't look like hoarders. He wipes things down. He mops, vacuums, and cleans toilets. And he does laundry. Wow. Good job. I do think that this tends to default to the person who cares more. And the problem with myself and my husband is neither one of us care at all. (laughs) We're just go with the flow kind of people. And so our house gets very, very messy. And neither one of us is the stopgap. Neither one of us will say, like, it's too gross in here. We have to clean up. Yeah,
1: I am the stopgap in there. We're not slobs, but we're just not. We let it go. And do you, like, lose things eventually? Like, I'm thinking about Bridget saying she likes to leave things out. Like, you know, the people who take medicine in our house, like the medicine counters are out on the kitchen counter because otherwise people will forget to take their medicine but if you start to leave too much stuff out right like my spouse will come home and put like keys and papers He has a place I gave him like a valet like one of those boxes from oh god I think it was like the Bombay company this is a long time ago so like you know you put your stuff in because he used to just throw it you know empty his pockets and the box immediately like two weeks later was like full of stuff and then stuff started going on top of the box and then next to the box so you know it's in phases eventually you have to clean out the box. And I do because it's important to me to not have chaos. And he doesn't get annoyed that I cleaned out the box.
0: We always have chaos. Our house is sometimes clean, never neat. That's what I always say. I mean, there's always like colored pencils in the dining room. It's just we never go like truly back to I lived with a couple once and they were so neat. And my best friend came over. I mean, it was like living in a pottery barn catalog showroom. And she would just be like, Where's the stuff? Like there were no toothbrushes out on the counter. Like they just could live this lifestyle where like what they used a toothbrush and then they put it away and they hid in place. And like you walked into their bedroom and it was just a fully made bed. Like it looked like a pottery barn showroom. And I just thought my house will never look like this. You open my, even on my cleanest of days, I have like four different pen cups on the desk. It's just a bit chaotic. (laughs) It's not neat. I do like a neat space
1: but you can spend a lot of time doing that, right? That can be literally all you do to make your house look like a catalog and then nobody can use the stuff or
0: come over because then it won't look like a catalog anymore. That's right, that's right. We don't do that, but I could see having a spouse who did. Kylie says the entire first month after having her baby, her spouse took such great care of them both. He's just the best dad ever. The kids come first. He has built beds, sandboxes, toys. I'll never get over watching him brush our daughter's hair. It's the sweetest. Well, you know how I feel about a man brushing a daughter's
1: hair. It's like, it's a little nice. He does not deserve to be on Good Morning America for that.
0: Or even to get a shout out for being awesome. I don't believe that Kylie is claiming that he deserves to be on Good Morning America. She's just saying she gets the joy chills when she sees it. And don't take that from her, Amy. Well, I would say he's building beds and sandboxes. That's a pretty checked in parent. That's huge. Right. That's above and beyond. I still think you're allowed to get joy chills from watching your own spouse brush your own daughter's hair. I think that you're objecting to... I don't need to see that on Good Morning America, which is a fair point. I'm objecting to the societal thing like I'm thinking of a particular photo that I have of
1: my husband holding our now college student three-year-old's hand on the first day from school, like walking our kid home from his very first day of school with this tiny backpack on like it's adorable it's an adorable photo but I view that moment as like oh my god like my spouse like going over the high jump like holding his little boy's hand on his first day of school and like this is like such a precious moment if my spouse was walking behind us while I was holding my kid's hand walking down the street like there are no pictures of that because there was never a moment that my spouse was like my wife is so awesome how much she does for the kids. It's just sort of what we expect, right? The mom does it. And then when the dad does it, it's remarkable.
0: Our topic, Amy, we've catching our husbands being awesome. You got him being awesome. You just don't want the whole world to put him on a pedestal for being What is generically just pretty normal. Which was just
1: parenting, even though to me in that moment, yes, it was so awesome. I took a beautiful picture, but it
0: spoke to me as being awesome. You see what I'm saying? I support both points of view. I do. I support both points of view. Hannah has a really interesting one. Now, this is different. I had a dream. This is Hannah, not me, which should be clear by the context of what I'm about to say. I had been chasing a dream to be on a search and rescue team for a long time, Around the time my child was six months old, I had the opportunity to join a team and start their long training program. This involved nights and some Saturdays away while I went through the program and eventually days away when I would respond to emergency missions with a team at the drop of a hat. Whoa. Her husband always supported her and never once questioned this dream or time investment. Search and rescue teams, by the way, Amy didn't know this, are volunteer. She's not even bringing home an income. She says, and I like this point, Spouses are often the unsung heroes of emergency responders. That's amazing. I mean, it's amazing that she
1: wanted to do this work and does that work. And it's amazing that your spouse supports you, right? Because it's also like more work for them and out of a like sense of greater good, I guess, right? Like you're not getting more of your spouse, you're getting less.
0: I agree. And I do think that like our spouses don't really deserve thanks for supporting us because that's the contract they signed. We either stood at an altar before Justice of the Peace and we agreed to this, right? But I do think sometimes, you know, I've taken on, when my husband met me, I was an unemployed writer, you know, not doing that much And so our deal was kind of like I kept up the house and I did a lot of planting and he did come home at night and I had made some elaborate meal. And then we had kids. I took on two different jobs, one of them being the podcast, that are both extremely demanding. And he has to leave work early to cover me. I work nights sometimes. And I do take a moment to say sometimes like, hey, thanks for that. Because it, it is different than what he signed up for. And Again, it's not that like, oh, thank you for letting me pursue my dream. Like, But it is, hey, thanks. I realize that you kind of rolled with the punches and our life looks pretty different than it did when you met us, when you met me and you stayed with it. And I appreciate that. That's a really good point. And of course, he sees
1: you happy and fulfilled. Like He loves you and you are a happier person to live with. And he's completely supportive of your work, but it isn't, I'm not trying to say that there's anything self-interested in it, but I'm thinking about like, I'm working on a book right now. That means that I have to put some boundaries around things that I haven't been recently. It just is basically like, I'm getting up early on the weekends, time that I might be spending with my husband, just having a cup of coffee or whatever. I'm like, I'm going to hide. I'm going to put headphones on. Nobody talked to me for two hours. And he has to accept that and accommodate that. And nobody will be, you know, happier and prouder when the book comes out, but it, it is work for them too. But I am so much happier for having put a you know good work session in on that book for the rest of the Sunday than if I don't get to do it. And I'm sure you are too, right? You're a happier person for doing work that fulfills you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Leanne agrees. She says her spouse is so supportive of her working so she can pursue her artwork also part-time. He... He took it upon himself to read, listen to a book that helped us implement new parenting strategies when he was in a really bad place with one of our kids. The book is The Explosive Child*, which we have recommended and she recommends. It's a fantastic book. Put the link in the show notes. Our lives really changed. She never takes himself too seriously, which is good because I take myself way too seriously. And I think that's another thing that I definitely notice as a positive is that And sometimes, and this is another thing about catching our spouses being good. My husband is extremely even-tempered, extremely even-tempered, which is great because I am not. And I tend to go down anxiety rabbit holes and what if this and what if that? And he's always like, it's fine. I've told the story before. We were in a horrible plane storm and plane got hit by lightning and I was freaking out the whole time. And when we landed, I was crying like, ah, "How could, da, da. and he's like, I don't know, planes are kind of meant to survive that kind of stuff. Like he just actually wasn't worried about it at all. And I think it's sometimes when describing this, I would be like, he's not dialed in, he's not invested enough. And I think catching your spouse being good is also being able to say like, everything's a double-edged sword. The good news and the bad news is always the same news. Mm -hmm. And so, like, rather than thinking of it to myself as, well, he's not invested enough in our problems, that the story becomes he's really good at balancing out my emotionality with his calm. It is. And I want
1: to give a shout out to Leon's partner, too, for reading this book, because I think many of us have been in this situation, right, where... I see something going on with one of the kids. I have misgivings. It might be an issue here. There's a real problem here. And read, read this book, listen to this podcast episode, as we were saying before, and that the spouse can be kind of like, eh, like we're enabling that to, for them to be kind of be like, I'm, I'm not that worried about it. Well, you don't have to be that worried about it because the other person is. But in this case, that Leanne's spouse like, okay, I'll read the book and really like made changes. I mean, that's, To change the way we're doing things, to accept that something about ourselves might not be perfect and that we should change it out of love for the other person
0: in our relationship is a really awesome thing to do. Here's Bridget's take on that. She says, my husband sacrificed his career to be the primary stay-at-home parent for our family. The bond he has with our three kids is amazing and will shape their future in such a beautiful way. We talked to Shannon Carpenter about this, who's a stay-at-home dad. And I think, I mean, it's 2022 and we all kind of get it, but there are still, I think, some stigmas around, you know, dads who don't work, quote-unquote. And I know a lot of families who have made these kind of decisions, and it can be a little bit complicated, like... Okay, the woman works and the man stays home and that feels societally strange in ways that maybe we don't really care about, but maybe affect us a little bit. We're still hearing those voices.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
0: you know, the most like
1: forward thinking and feminist among us, I can think of a, a stay at home dad that my kids used to go to school with his kids. And, you know, he was in the lobby every morning at drop off. And as our kids were getting to be friends and I was chit chatting with him and his cute dog. And still, when it was time to set up a play date, who did I call? The mom the mom who I'd never met. And she was like, I, you should call my husband about this. And I was like, wow, I am such a dum dumb that I'm sort of still like blind to that possibility that the dad could be the primary caregiver.
0: Yeah. I think that stuff goes deep. I mean, yes, it's interesting to note how we do that, but we also have to realize like conditioning is conditioning and that stuff goes deep. Right. All right. We'll be back with even more awesome spouses. We were all young ones and we all dreamed of romance and finding that one true love. And each of us had a list of absolutely non-negotiable qualities that we were looking for in a mate. But now we're older and married and if we could talk to our younger selves about that list of things, we might have some edits. What Fresh Hell podcast brings you qualities you want in a boyfriend versus qualities you need in the father of your children. Boyfriend. Oh my god, he has to be a good dancer. Husband. Yeah, you are really not
1: spending a lot of time dancing? Find a guy who's good at putting together IKEA furniture. Boyfriend.
0: You know what I love? A tight butt. Husband.
1: You know what I love? A guy who can make 20 pancakes in under three minutes. Boyfriend. I'm also totally into abs. Husband. It is imperative that you can find a guy who can survive on less than six hours of sleep boyfriend
0: I have to have a guy who can make
1: me laugh husband it's very crucial to have a high tolerance for weird smells boyfriend
0: and for sure he has to have sexy eyes husband
1: for the love of God do you realize how infrequently you will be staring into his sexy eyes once the baby comes I beg of you pick the guy with some basic plumbing skills
0: Amy, let's start strong. Okay. Angela and Aileen both thank their awesome husbands for getting a vasectomy. (laughs) Good job. We caught you being awesome, husband. (laughs) we should just leave that there. That's taking one for the smaller team. Taking one for the let's keep our team smaller team. Exactly. Yes. This is one that I thought was really nice. Dina said, he loves my parents, really loves them in an uncomplicated, pure way way. He makes sure we call them every Sunday, chats endlessly with my mom, always plans things on the calendar together, and entertains and cooks for them when they are here. Like most people, I have triggers and regress and get bratty and defensive around my parents at times. But his treatment of them has helped me enjoy them too and create so many memories for our daughter. It's a gift. That's awesome. It's a great one. And I think Again, I'm going to be gendered about it. I think sometimes women come into a new family and they're a little stronger at seeing the flaws in that family and pointing them all out and cataloging them and sharing with our spouses what makes things nutty in their family of origin because we've already (laughs) figured that out for our own family of origin. And I think the gift of being able to come in and just kind of Operate from a place of maximum generosity. I think sometimes husbands do that a little bit more naturally and easily, you know. And this is again talking about my husband and his operating system, where I sometimes find, you know, oh, you're not dialed in enough on X, Y, or Z. He also never brings complications to social situations. He's always like, they seem nice. I'm like, but couldn't you tell that this she did, but that and that she's dating the ex of the. No, couldn't tell at all. Just they seemed nice. And I think that that can be, I had not thought of this one before reading this one. And an uncomplicated entree into a family relationship is a great gift. Yes. Right. It's a refreshing way to approach relationships
1: for sure. Like, doesn't maybe
0: this isn't complicated. Maybe I'm just happy to see you. Tracy's husband volunteer coaches both of her boys' soccer teams. He takes turns with each boy each season, so they each get to experience him as a coach. The kids absolutely love it. While at times it can be hurting cats and stressful schedule-wise, he continues to do it season after season to spend extra time with them. I mean, better him than me, Tracy. (laughs) We're not sporty at my house.
1: I worked for a very kooky person a long time ago as a personal assistant, and she signed up to be her daughter's soccer coach and came home and said, okay, darling, you're going to learn how to play soccer, and then you're going to teach me how to play soccer so that I can coach this kid's team. So she very much made her soccer coaching my problem. I didn't know how to play soccer either. Sounds like Tracy's husband's just handling it without involving her.
0: Sounds good. My brother-in-law has a hilarious story. Texas football. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, Friday Night Lights. They're pretty intense down there. He is extremely athletic, played college football, and served in the Marines for quite a long time. So like, his son is five years old. Yeah, right. Five years old, and he's like, "I'd like to help out coaching." And they're like, "Best we can do for you is the snack stand." <laughs> like their coaching bench is so deep that they like could not even work up. They were like, "You're not ready yet to start reviewing the films of the five year old." Like so, he works the snack stand. Oh My gosh! Like he thought he was going to be like assistant head coach, and they were like, "Not yet, not yet, buddy. You have to work your way up." I don't know. I have to check in with him. He may have moved up a little world in the world, but we were crying laughing when we heard that story equipment manager assistant equipment manager oh god I mean he would dream (laughs) of being the water boy at this point like he's just trying to get off the churro stench Christy says my husband has taken on morning and afternoon duties with our special needs daughter. I teach and cannot be there Mornings are fraught for a lot of reasons But one of them is that he never knows if she will have the kind of morning where she refuses to go to school Yet he gets her there every day and picks her up and picks up our oldest every day day in and day out We know how hard this can be. I know it but i'm so grateful for how he handles drop-offs and pickups That's awesome Yeah. And it's another one of those things. (laughs) We talk about this all the time. Like when you're dating, you're like, I want a guy who's a good dancer. And then the reality of life is like, you have a kid with special needs who really has trouble with drop off. And like, can you tag into this very challenging situation? Right. And it's so much different than the expectations. And whatever comes up in your life, you I always say like, your dating is looking for a dance partner and marriage is needing like a really good mountain climbing partner. It's just such a different job. You know, it's not that fun. It's not that glamorous and things go terribly wrong. And it has gigantic stakes and consequences. And so I think it's always worth shouting out. And again, like we want to shout out ourselves and we want to shout at each other because I can tell from this post that Christy is doing a ton to manage and help figure out how to get her special needs daughter through the day. Mm -hmm. But figuring out how to help with challenges that they occur, very, very good and useful.
1: And this is a good thing to sort of highlight. I think sometimes we think that our spouse does the things that they do or that we, they think we do the things that we do because you're just better at it. Like she's just better with the baby than I am, right? He's just better at cooking than I am. And this is a case where Christie's like, no, this is really hard. I'm not sure he's better at it or not, but he's doing it and I see it.
0: He's dialed in. That reminds me about what Elizabeth said he spends so much time with the kids. He had zero kid experience before our kid and has turned into an amazing dad. And I do think that that someone else said, you know, their spouse had not come from a very great or easy family. And I do think it's worth shouting out the guys who are really figuring it out. You know, like they maybe didn't have the great models and they're in there trying to figure it out. Love that. Natalie, Erica, Joanne, Brianna, and Alicia all said, he lets me sleep. And let me tell you, ah. sleep in Saturdays was always a thing <laughs> in my house, still is. My husband now really runs the mornings. He works from home since the pandemic and he runs the mornings and I love it. I'm not a morning person, never will be. I am a morning person.
1: Yes, you are. But you know, when I was in the like sleep deprivation times, yes, just
0: like once a week, even we'll get you through, we'll get you to the other side. Agree. Emily says, he taught my kids to brush and floss because mouth things are so gross to me. Love it.
1: (laughs) See, he's just better at it than you, right? He just. Yeah, I'm just all for like, this is too gross for me. I have a good one here. Can I read this one here? Yes. I loved this one. Elizabeth says, we are an interfaith family and my husband is all in on raising Jewish kids, even when his own family is skeptical or even disapproving. From the bris to the B'nai Mitzvot to confirmation and beyond, he's fully committed every year our rabbi every year our rabbi gives a blessing especially for interfaith families i tear up he blows it off because he doesn't want the attention
0: yeah that's a big deal i think and matthew frey definitely talked about this we're talking so much today about the feeling that our partner sees us and respects us and then wants to take actions to make us feel better. And that can come in a lot of different forms. It can come in, I see you're tired, I'm gonna take the morning so you can sleep. And, or I see that you wanna pursue search and rescue, which I probably don't understand and and no one else we know is doing, but okay, like I'll take over in the times where the alarm goes off and you have to go do that because I just see that it's something you wanna do. And one of the categories that I liked was, small things, you know, that people consider are small things. Michelle says, well, my twins were newborns and we were doing the dreaded triple feed, attempting to nurse, topping up with formula and pumping. I complained to him about how long the whole process took and how many steps there were. I woke up the next morning or afternoon or whenever it was to find that he had removed all the labels from the ready to feed formula bottle so it would be easier for me to open. I should add he was working 10 hour shifts at the time. It seemed so small, but for me in that season, the little act of caring was huge and really did make a difference. It was just a loving
1: act. Just I see you and I know that this is hard and let me just do one creative thing to make
0: your life a little easier I, I get that and also then michelle's ability to say i saw that he saw you know i mean it did it make triple feeding easy it did not did it even really help more than 1% maybe not but the feeling of feeling seen is Priceless, Kate says. During COVID lockdown, with kids in remote school and the stress of needing to care for kids and take client meetings at home, my children would frequently burst into the guest room where I was working and interrupt my calls. One day, I sat down at my desk and noticed that my husband had replaced the room's door handle with one that had a lock. Have never loved him more. Get that guy
1: on Good Morning America, right? Send a camera crew to that house. He surprised her with a lock on her door. That's amazing.
0: I recently had a thing where I just was talking about I needed a for teaching, I needed a watch, I need a second hand. And I was constantly borrowing my students' watches because I don't have a watch with a second hand. And I'm in a place where I can't bring a phone in. So I don't have a watch with me. And for Mother's Day this year, I just went into my class and one of my students was like, Oh, here's my watch. You can borrow it. And I said, Look, and I pulled out my wrist and my husband bought me a watch with a second hand for Mother's uh. Day. Cause he just heard, like, oh, this is a small area of difficulty in my life. And it was like, okay, I'll help you fix that. That's super thoughtful. And you weren't
1: like, you weren't sort of like mentioning around the house loudly. Oh, if only somebody would give me a watch with a second hand for
0: Mother's Day. Not really. No. I mean, I had certainly mentioned it. Love it. But it's that feeling of being seen and heard. Man, that is the key to so much of it here's a nice story on that subject. Cassie says, you know how videos are viral now for parents making their kids think they are riding a roller coaster. My husband is the OG of that Always thought they were actually steering the carts at Home Depot because he made them believe they were. (laughs) Something he did for the world in May of 2020 was 3D printing dozens of ear savers, a large, a plastic band that goes around the back of the head to hold masks, elastic straps, and bring ear relief. Didn't collect a dime for his efforts, but they ended up in three different states. And I think also another thing that I'm picking up on this is that oftentimes people who work outside the home, often men, get a lot of rewards and a lot of attaboys like at their job. And they get a lot of, hey, you're doing an amazing job. And that a lot of the work that we do when we stay home with kids feels so invisible and nobody's giving us, you know, any applause or credit for it. And some of these are like have that little parallel of like, oh, he did something unseen and and I want to shout him out for it, which is nice. I have a good one. Here's a cute one from Amy. Not you, Amy, a different Amy. My favorite gift from my husband when I was a kid, I was a gymnast. Tatiana Gutsu, the 1992 Olympic all-around champion, was a coach at my gymnastics camp. I remember that person. I finally got the courage to ask her to sign my camp sweatshirt. When I got home, the sweatshirt was gone. And I was so upset. Nearly 20 years later, I told my husband that story. He surprised me by finding out her current gym, reaching out and getting a signed poster for me. I was so surprised and love him so much for remembering this silly story and going out of his way to get me an autograph.
1: Isn't that nice? That's really sweet. Just to sort of wrap this up, that's something that is so outside his realm of you know, Tatiana Gutsu fandom is probably not on his radar screen, right? But she mentioned it and he remembered it and he brought that home for her. And you just feel so seen.
0: And I think also for anybody who listened to this episode and is like, oh, they all sound like they have nice spouses and my spouse stinks. And I, I would lean in to try to think of some examples of this. And also it's fine. I have said it before in the podcast, but I think it's germane, Amy, that my husband is an engineer and he goes into what we call the hole when he's working and he just gets down a rabbit hole and he's working. And when my kids were little, it used to drive me crazy that he wouldn't call and check in. You know, I'd be home with three little kids and one of them would have an ear infection. We'd go to the doctor. He wouldn't call and say, how's that kid's ear? Because he would go to work and get in the rabbit hole and eight hours later would come out. And I told him it bothered me and he started setting an alarm on his phone and he called me every day at 11 a.m. when the phone went off because he would pull himself out of the rabbit hole. And it doesn't mean that he suddenly started thinking about us all day, but we found a solution to something that was bothering us. And I don't think you have to walk your husband to all things and I don't think you should be responsible for creating your own happiness, but I do think making it a priority and working through this is worthwhile and worth doing. Yeah. I was just at a wedding
1: over the weekend and the preacher instead of the, you know, usual vows, do you promise to love and cherish whatever he said, do you promise to have patience for your partner and to, you know, love her and to take care of her and then he said the same thing to the, you know, the woman and I was sitting there next to my own spouse like gosh am i patient do like do i do small loving things to take care of this person do i you know bring him roses just because i mean not really maybe not enough and what's interesting about these things that that we've caught our spouses being awesome i mean some of them were building bunk beds and some of them were taking the label off the formula mm-hmm. but they were gestures of like i love you i see you and I want to do this for you because I love you. And refocusing on that is a good thing from my partnership is a, a nice reset for me.
0: And this is another one you could put on the car and say like, hey, how can we both do this a little bit better for each other? Because yeah, if you're in a marriage where your husband does not care about you at all, you've got a bigger problem than we can solve. But if you're in a marriage where you both care about each other, but you've lost the thread a little bit, I think this is a helpful way to go back to one. Yeah. Catch them being awesome. And speaking of helpful things you can do, you can check out our merch store, bit.ly slash whatfreshmerch. We have oldie lock sweatshirts. We have tweet tweet tote bags. We have it all there. <laughs> and we want you to go check it out and buy some merch. Why not? Yeah, just check out some merch. We'll see you out there. All right. We'll see you out there in your What Fresh Merch <laughs> Friends, we'll talk to you next time. So long.